This episode of For the Love with Jen Hatmaker is brought to you by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. They can be big, difficult, even scary life things, and also small inconveniences that add up day after day. The thing is, when we keep them all bottled up on the inside and just try to grin and bear it, it can start to affect us and the people around us negatively. We may even isolate ourselves, which makes it even worse. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. This was the case for me when I was at the highest stress level in my life, where the stress was even having physical consequences for me. Therapy was a huge part of my healing journey to learn how to manage the stress. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash for the love today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash for the love. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bowlingbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, everybody. Jen Hatmaker here, your host of the For the Love podcast. Welcome so much to the show because we're in a series I love called For the Love of Community and Friendships. It's just hitting us where we actually live because really no matter what season of life we're in or how old we are, our career, financial situation, genuine heart friendships make such an impact on our lives. And actually are game changers, I think, toward improving our outlook and our enjoyment. There's so much interesting data tied to the connection between basically longevity and health and the quality of your relationships. Like so much so that the quality of your relationships, the lack of loneliness is a bigger factor in your health and lifespan than smoking, drinking, nutrition. It's bananas intel. This just matters. This just matters. And so, oh, am I ever thrilled about our guest this week? Oh my gosh. I so sincerely love her. We're going to be talking about the friendships that save us. I can absolutely relate because I'm just telling you without any hyperbole, I don't know what I would have done these last three years without my friends. They were, they were my salvation, really. They saw me through the lowest, darkest part of my life and supported me in ways I credit them with my ability to not just grieve, but recover. I really do. I mean, these are the friends that, well, I tell her this, but when I was getting like surprise divorced in the middle of the pandemic, they're like, we're coming over. We're redoing your bedroom. We've booked and paid for a trip to Mexico. You already have a flight. You're coming. We're not taking no for an answer. They spent almost every day with me for probably six months. And so 
I am a person who knows what it's like to have friendships in crisis and to be so incredibly grateful for them. And so our guide in recognizing those kinds of life-saving friendships and what makes them what they are, how we can nurture them, how we can keep them active and healthy is writer and poet extraordinaire, Maggie Smith. Okay, so Maggie's had her poems and her essays featured in The Guardian, in The Washington Post. She recently had an essay in The New York Times talking about her divorce. She got divorced just before me and how her friendships were what she calls a parachute for her through that process. And if that's not enough, her latest memoir, You Could Make This Place Beautiful. Oh, it's breathtaking, you guys. It's a New York Times bestseller and centers on this idea of embracing our losses to create something beautiful. It applies to literally every human person. And so today she's going to really unpack some of the real experiences she has gone through and how her friends were there. They were there to enjoy the good, to weather the bad, to hold it all together when it was crumbling. I mean, really thank God for those friends. Oh, and she tells this great story about her mom and her mom's group of friends that is absolutely worth the entire episode. So I'm so delighted she's here. I respect her and I admire her and her work has meant so, so, so much to me. So you guys, I'm pleased to share my conversation with really just the beautiful human being, Maggie Smith. I could not be more delighted to be talking to you again. Hi, and it's so good to see you. Oh, it's so good to see you too. Welcome back to the show. Your work has meant so much to me. I mean, we'll get into this, but you and I, our stories arced in similar ways at a similar time. And like, it was a time for me when I was just, my eyes are just roaming and roaming who, who understands how this feels, who can be with me in this sorrow who has any glimmer of like hope for what's coming. And I found you Mm. and your work, your words. It was just like a balm to my like pretty battered soul. And so you will always retain a very special place in my heart from such a specific time. And so any opportunity I have to talk to you ever, I'm delighted to have it. Well, same. I'm I'm still waiting for my time to come down and have tacos, but you know, it's it'll That's happen. Right. The invitation is permanently open. It's <laughs> okay. a it's a perma invitation. Excellent. Although I will just let you know, you don't want any piece of this this summer. You don't want it. It's misery here. It's it's tragic. We suffer. I literally leave my state for the month of July because I'm just like, I'm too old for this. I'm too old. I'm in perimenopause. I cannot be this hot. Yeah. I don't all the time, all the time. My (laughs) internal heater is already doing that. What it's going to do. So, but if it's past September, the invitation is permanent for you to come down for tacos. Okay. All right, Maggie. So I've told my listeners who don't already know you a little bit, a little bit about who you are. And I'm really excited to talk to you about this sort of niche about friendships, about connection, about community. This is something you and I both spend a lot of our words on 
And it's also something that has, I think, historically meant a lot to both of us, but even more so in the last spell. And so let's just start, let's just start with this. You have friends that you have had for like 20 or 25 years and they live within a block of you. It's brilliant. (laughs) I have this too. But what that tells me is that you are a good friend, that you are a good friend and that you hold a really premier place in the lives of your friends who love you. And so I'd like to, first of all, hear about them and about this (laughs) proximity, because I've done this as well on purpose. I live point. Oh, two miles from my three closest friends. One of them is 100 yards on my street. The other two live 0.2 miles behind us on the same street. We did it on purpose. So I'd like to hear your little version of this Melrose place you've created. <laughs> and a minus, about your friends. Yes. I love this Melrose place, but like minus the, like around the pool drama and Correct. murders and, and yeah. Youth. Okay. And youth. Okay. Yes. <laughs> general <laughs> youth. And yes. general youth and, yes. and great and great wardrobes. Correct. So I still live, ma- you know, basically in my hometown. And so part of the blessing of that, of staying put, really, like I'm real good at staying put. And part of what staying put has made possible for me is having long friendships. And I don't know, I mean, I'm still definitely in touch. I mean, it's funny we're talking about this today. Tonight, I'm going to a concert with one of my girlfriends. Tomorrow, I'm driving 90 minutes in the morning to spend the day with five high school friends who rented a house. And I couldn't get away for like the weekend, but I got a babysitter long enough to to get there for lunch and like afternoon pool time and then turn around and drive back. Sunday morning, I have brunch plans. And Sunday night, I have family dinner with my whole family. This is what you do. You are like deeply located in relationships that have longevity. Yeah. And it's special. It is incredibly special. And and you're right that I think these relationships have always been important to me. I mean, these, these relationships all predate my divorce. Some of them predate my marriage. Some of them predate my first kiss. Oh, man. <laughs> right? So, yeah. so these are people who've known me like the real me for a long time and loved me before I was married, before I was a mom, before I was an author, before anybody knew who I was. It doesn't matter to them. They get my sense of humor. If I'm having a bad day, they show up or they'll just walk to me. You know, I can text on the group. Thank God for group texts. Like just getting on a group text and being like, who is available? For a walk, a margarita, event session, a matinee, like who who's around? <laughs> you know, it's just it's been incredibly important to have that sense of continuity of people who just are like, I've got you. And it doesn't matter. And they're there for the fun stuff. Like they're there if you have an extra concert ticket. They're there if you want to try a new restaurant. They're there if you're like, I've always wanted to take a train across the country. Who wants to come? I had a friend who who was willing to do that. Like, but they're also there if you need help with a text reply or you have no idea how to fix something in your house or who to call 
to come solve a problem. Like it's, it's been, or just helping you verbally process hard things, you know, somebody to listen to you and be like, you're a good person. This is hard. Like even just those two basic replies. That's 50% of the conversation. Gosh, you are so right. When I got divorced and I've been married for 26 years. And so we'd had just something of a division of labor, like most marriages have in the home. And so upon divorce in your forties, you immediately realize what you don't know. It's the part that the partner did, the stuff that he did, that you just out, that was his part. You did your part. I cannot tell you how many times I called my own, my friends. And I was like, explain to me again about property taxes. And like, talk to me about getting a car loan. I'm grown, but I'm like, can you explain to me again about the exemptions? And they're like, yes. <laughs> Friends show up for you in ways that you may not even have imagination for because you just haven't hit a certain experience. And then there they are. There they are. Like, Thank goodness. I think the important thing too is like, you don't know when the hard seasons are coming. And the hard season is not the time to try to make a bunch of new friends to help you through the hard season. I mean, you can. I, I actually, I did make a lot of new friends during my hard season because I was like, oh, I'm leaving the house more. <laughs> um, <laughs> totally. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get out a bit more. But I, I think having those people there in place through the good times means that when you hit that season, it's like, seamless. You know, they're just like, they know you, they get it. They've seen all the good times. They, you don't have to go back and tell them the whole backstory of the thing to help them understand where you're at now. Oh my gosh. It's a salvation when you're in crisis. That's for sure. Obviously mentioned and alluded to you and I both went through a divorce. What year was your divorce? It was just slightly before mine. Um, I got separated in 2018 and divorced at the end of 2019. So you recently wrote for the New York times, how your friends were like a parachute for you during that season. And OMG, so were mine so much. So, so I'd like to hear if you are willing to kind of go back to that season a little bit, because I'm thinking about my listener today for whom we're all about this age, somewhere here in the middle of life and life just keeps lifing, right? <laughs> like it just does. We, we just hit <laughs> loss and struggle yeah. and disappointment and failure and no one's really doing anything wrong. It's just how life is. Yeah. It's, it's funny you saying life keeps lifing. Cause I, I feel like that's something I haven't had those words for it yet, but I'm, I'm constantly talking to my therapist about that. Like as soon as I, as soon as like all four car wheels seem like they have like the right tire pressure and I'm kind of cruising, I get a flat. Like it's n not all four tires in life ever seem like they're That's <laughs> optimized. Right. That's right. And you never really know which one it's going to be. If it's going to be a professional setback or a health setback or a personal life or a, professional, a kid, you know, mm -hmm. a, kid, a yeah. friend, uh, you just don't know what that, what that, like when the engine light comes on, you're like, okay, yep. Yeah, here we go. And and who do we call? And, you know, when my, when my marriage ended and actually when my marriage like was maybe not ending, but I wasn't quite sure, like, is this going to work? Is this not going to work? The people I reached out to even before my own parents who I didn't tell, I mean, I wrote about this in the memoir. I didn't even tell my own parents right away. Cause I thought, 
you know, that firstborn daughter energy, I'm going to fix my life and no one will know it was even broken. I am, yeah, I have broken a vase while my parents were on vacation and I'm going to super glue it and turn it around on the mantle. And when they walk in, it's going to be like that party never happened. I understand that impulse so much. Yeah. Just that like protective embarrassed about your situation also weirdly trying to protect the other party strange reputation with my family and so the people that I felt like I could call were my friends right because it didn't matter like I didn't have to I didn't have to put on appearances for them I didn't have to hide I didn't I didn't feel the same level of shame around my situation with my closest friends And so I was able to reach out to them and say, I don't know what's going to happen, but this is what's going on. And I think, honestly, the other than just the continuity and the time spent, the most important sort of healing thing for me was the reminder, (laughs) the reminder of my own goodness and worth and the reminder from people who had a different perspective on my life than I could have had. Like I was in not seeing the forest for the trees mode. I was, I was painting an inch from the canvas. I had no idea what the shape of anything was. And I was just panicked and trying to spackle everything back together as quickly as I could. And so having people who could remind me of my goodness, my core worth, which I think is so easy to forget in these moments. Oh gosh, yes. And the sense of possibility, like they made me believe in the future in a way that I wasn't able to see for myself. And I think one of the things that our best friends do for us is see us more clearly maybe than we can see ourselves and our situation sometimes. And I think they're also better at extending grace to us than we are (laughs) at extending grace to ourselves, maybe in our toughest moments. So when I was not in a place to know my worth, know my possibilities, feel like I had things to look forward to and possibility ahead of me, my friends were like, we've got you. Like, and you've got this and you're bigger than all this stuff. Like, and you can do this and you're not alone. And just those like sometimes gentle, sometimes funny, sometimes tough love pep talks, you know, were everything. Gosh, it's so familiar. It's so true. And our families are there too, but our in the case of like our story, which included a divorce after a lot of years of marriage, our families are so invested in a different way. I mean, that's that's a son-in-law, that's a brother-in-law, that's an uncle, you know, like that isn't their investment sometimes makes that conversation a harder and just a, a different sort of desperation they have to make it better or to fix it or to salvage it or we're friends have the freedom to see something for what it is. I think so too. Yourself, including you and me, like they can see me for who I am and not because I'm not their daughter, you know, who's has to kind of fall into that role. And so there is a time 
where our friendships are really the truest mirror of who we are and what's possible. Oh my gosh. I think that's so true. And I think you're right about, you know, our families and, you know, bless them. This is, this is also a positive. They have skin in the game. They do. And so they're invested in you, of course, but they're also invested in the relationship. And so when friends come in, they're not necessarily invested in the relationship. They're invested in your happiness. Like whatever that looks like for you, it doesn't actually impact your friend a block away if you if your marriage doesn't work in the same way it impacts your family who's thinking, oh, what are we going to do for Christmas now? Sure. What, what's the summer holiday going to be like now? Well, I guess we're not doing the timeshare thing anymore. Well, I guess, you know, and and on all of that sort of pressure to to maybe salvage something that is not salvageable. And I just I didn't feel that from from my friends. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Guys, it's already allergy season in Texas. My yard is in full bloom and all the things are in the air. So I decided allergies will not win this year. So I tried Astapro. It has improved my nasal allergy symptoms and it's faster, bro. Astapro is a first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It is the fastest 24 hour over the counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength, indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. So get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go, you guys, today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Astapro and go. I'm curious, what were some of the actual things that your friends did that helped you begin to recover? Oh, yeah. I mean, I would say first and foremost, constant communication and a lot of time together. Like, just really having a lot of check-ins like, Hey, what are you doing? How is today going? You know, like not really kind of digging, but giving me the space to be like, today's hard when maybe I wouldn't have reached out to do it. So that kind of open invitation of communication, but also just like, Hey, how about I take you out? Like, would you like to get away for a bit? I had one friend who, when I was going through my divorce, I had no idea what to do financially. I had no idea what even to ask for, quite frankly. Like, what does a settlement even look like? Like, what are you, I didn't know how to think ahead to like, what's going to, in two years. And so she brought me her divorce paperwork from her long ago divorce and said, this is what it might look like. Look through this and see, like, you know, are there things that you're not thinking about financially that you don't want to sign this all and then realize in six months, like, oh, I hadn't considered X because I, I a, am not great with that part of my life that was outsourced. Now it is, it is my responsibility, but it was one of the things that was outsourced financial planning and having people also who are like, hey, here's my financial planner. Or here's what we do for retirement. Or here's my tax guy. I mean, just here's my plumber. Here is my, like, I have a realtor friend in town who's like, here's my handyman. Here's the name of a good painting company. Here's the name of somebody who can like fix drywall. Just 
because I don't know. Yeah. 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 The practical stuff of life. I, my friends for a while, the constant communication is a really big deal. And, and I'm, I learned this from being in crisis in a solid friend group. So my friends to me get put on a masterclass for what to do for a friend that you love who's in crisis. I remember maybe a year later when like the air had cleared, I was taking deep breaths again, life was returning. I had one of my girlfriends was like, we need six months of a break because we all, we went through it together. But during that like crush time and they'd send me texts to be like, is today the kind of day where you want to sit on your porch and lay your head in our laps and we can cry and talk about everything? Or is today the day we binge a Netflix show with ice cream on our laps, which is it. And there are days I was like, let's go float the river. Yes. Yeah. Let's, let's put on our gross water shoes and go float the river. Yeah. And sometimes it's the same like mode, like two different modes in the same day. It's like morning feels morning. I'm sad. And then in the evening, I'm just really ready to go dancing. So (laughs) So, it's so true. I learned a lot from that. They stepped in. It was profound. I'd like to hear what you have to say about, let's talk a little bit about adult friendship maintenance, because In my community, honestly, adult friendships are a common pain point. It's just not a lot of people are talk about it. Not a lot of people talk about what to do when a friendship goes sideways or if you're lonely. You know, like let's say you up and moved out of your hometown. Your friends would still be there forever because they will be. But now you live in Philadelphia. I'd like to hear your thoughts on just some maybe of your personal best practices, the things that you both try to embody or the things that have served you well from your other friends that go, this is, this is some glue that keeps us connected in a way that is meaningful and possible even long-term. Oh, I love that. You know, my, my sort of role model in the friendship arena is my mother. Mm, (laughs) So what a nice thing to say. She has a group of girlfriends. They are all in their 70s now. They have known each other, some of them since elementary school. Amazing. And the like newest friendships are like when they're they were in their 20s. (laughs) So like they're 50 years old. The new girls. The fresh, the fresh friendships are 50 years old. Right. So so she's known, I think, all of them except one since before her marriage and they've been together for 50 years and the they call themselves the boa babes because they pack feather boas wherever they travel together and wear them and they have been recognized in cities are you guys the boa babes right it's it's terrible and wonderful i mean it's really something and so they all everyone still lives here in Ohio, they get to, they walk almost every day now that they're retired in a metro park. They take trips together. And and one of the things I love about this kind of like sisterhood that they have, none of it is less important than their partnerships in life, right? So it's like, my mom's been married to my dad for 50 years, 
And the time she spends with her friends is not time where she would say, well, I think Steve and I are going to do X, Y, and Z, but like if he's busy golfing or something, I'll be available. Or like, let me check with, let me check with my husband to see what he's got going on this weekend. And I'll let you know when I'm free. Oh, no, no. She's just like, yeah, let's do this. And then she just tells my dad, well, I've got plans. <laughs> and I I find this, and she's been like this forever. They used to have a card club and they played and it was so loud in our house. And I hated <laughs> it because I couldn't sleep, though I did like the leftover dips. Yes. So just, I, I think we do something. And I don't, I don't know if this is like a Western thing. I don't know like culturally what this is exactly, but I think there's something that we do that hurts our adult friendships in particular, which is we prioritize them sometimes way below our romantic relationships. And it happens even when we're dating. Like we all know, we all knew or were the girl who was 15. And as soon as she got a boyfriend, stopped Bye. hanging out with That's her friends right. on the weekends because she was like, I just want to be with my boyfriend. And if he's busy, then I can come hang out. But if he's not, then I'll be with him. I mean, my daughter's 14 and she already has friends who are poof, vanishing because of, you know, ne'er-do-well little skater boys. So I just, I just think, you know, one of the things that's important, not just in adult friendship, but just all the way through is like really carving out like sacred space and not having it be somehow less than or less important than, because frankly, I think, you know, relationships can end, you know, sometimes friendships too, but I think they're a little less, less volatile than the, the sort of like, uh, you know, the monogamous romantic relationship and it might maybe you're dating someone for a year or two or five or you're married for 20 or 25 or 40 you know but things happen and I just I still feel like and I, I look at my mom and I think I'm not worried about her being bored in retirement I'm not worried about her if my dad goes first and she's because she's not going to be alone oh gosh that's you really know? powerful just having people who are who are your people and i th i think you you brought up moving i don't know how i would do it i think it's a real issue particularly with so many people working from home and being remote it's not like you move to a new city for a job and even necessarily have office culture with people i think about this all the time like you know, I guess there are apps for dating, <laughs> which are like, you know, depending on who you ask, like torture or, you know, somewhat successful. But I don't know what you do if you move to a new place or you find yourself in a different season of life or you outgrow your friendships in the place where you're currently living and they're no longer serving you for whatever reason. I don't know how we like, how do we meet new like minded people and start to kind of rebuild that later in life. I mean, I suppose we would have to have hobbies. I love that story about your mom and the boa babes. That is really inspiring, really, really inspiring. And, and I love the truth of having robust, deep, meaningful relationships outside of your partner or your spouse. That's real. Friends give us something we can't give ourselves. Can you talk a little bit more about that? 
what your friends particularly have given you that is outside of your ability to like self-create? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's really like belonging, right? Like that deep sense of belonging that you, that just gets completely obliterated, particularly when your family situation changes. You know, I can do plenty of work on myself. I can, I can be in therapy. I can work on my boundaries. I'm still working on my boundaries. You know, I can work on all kinds of things to sort of like build myself up, make myself feel more confident, but I can't give myself a sense of family alone. Right. And so, I mean, for me, that's what my, that's what my people can give me that I can't give myself, which is a sense that I'm like a little puzzle piece in a bigger puzzle and I have a place in it. You know, even if I'm the seventh person in the in the minivan going to the restaurant and, you know, on often I am like most of my friends are also married and I date, but I also like often fly solo and I never feel like, I never feel like half of something like, you know, and in the beginning, I have to say, and cause there are probably people listening who are like, you know, my relationship just ended and I feel like half of a whole that it doesn't exist anymore. And, and I think that's valid. And I felt like that for a while too. I felt like I was like peanut butter without jelly. It was just so asymmetrical and not how I saw my life turning out. And now I just, I don't feel that way anymore. I don't, I, you know, obviously it's different. The shape of things is different, but it doesn't feel, I don't feel diminished in that way. And my friends have never made me feel like an extra, you know, they're, I'm just me. Mm -hmm. What would you say? Like, if you were just, if you're thinking about the person listening, who's thinking, this is all beautiful. Like, I love this. I love this longevity. I love the depth of these friendships. I love it. The cadence of it, the inclusivity of it, all of it. And I'm craving it. And for whatever reason, for whatever reason, I, I am struggling to find it or I've lost it. And I'm having to either restart or rebuild to say to that person, Cause you just have a lot of friendship credentials here. Like you've got some receipts. You do. <laughs> I don't know. Like you do having friends this long and through this much life change, having just rattled off your weekend plans, just chock full of them, you know, something here. So how would you, how would you talk to that person? You know, I, I know something or I'm, or I'm lucky. Uh, I think that there might be, there might be, there might be a bit of that too. You know, it's, it's love and trust. And it's, I think about being, it's about being like a constant for someone when there are so many variables, like choosing to be a constant for someone when you know their life is full of so many variables. I'm not, super great at making new friends. It's not easy for me. I'm a single parent. I'm self-employed. I'm home almost all the time. It's hard to hire a babysitter to get out as much as I would like to leave the house. It mostly happens via happenstance and often happens because I reach out to someone because I admire something about who they are, their work. I mean, a lot of the people I meet, it's because I'm reading something that they've written. 
and I'll reach out and we'll start some sort of correspondence. And then eventually we will meet, you know, say for tacos or something, for example, for example, for mm-hmm. a hemp flow. But I think, you know, there's something else to be said about reconnecting and it's hard. You know, if you know in your heart that you maybe weren't the best, most constant friend to someone in the past and you've lost touch and maybe it's distance lost touch and and that's just or maybe it's season life touch where both of maybe you still live in the in the general same area. But because of, you know, marriage and small kids and work and travel soccer and all the kinds of stuff you just haven't you've drifted and now it feels weird to just send the text, like how much time can go by before you can send a text that's like, hey, I've been thinking about you, hope you're doing well, would love to catch up over coffee or something. You know, whenever you come up for air, I know I'm keeping track and I see things are busy for you. I think there's a lot of like fear of rejection with friends in the same way that we have in romantic relationships where we are maybe reticent to put ourselves out there. Or what if we had an argument with someone? Sure. And drifted? You know, maybe we were a jerk. Like yeah, these things happen. that happens too. Maybe someone was a jerk to us and we held a grudge about it. And now, you know, in the past few years, everything, the perspective feels different. Like all of a sudden, the ways that maybe someone hurt you five years ago seem pretty small and not unmanageable or unforgivable. And so what, like, what would it take to just reach out, call your, call your friends and have them help you craft a text to someone that you haven't talked to in a while or leave a voicemail. If you're, if you're phone brave, I am not phone brave. So I would not do that myself. I would text or probably email, or if you know where they live, send a little postcard that has some little private joke or something that reminds you of them. And like, maybe the answer is like, you don't have to start over. Now, maybe the answer is there's, there are people who, who aren't gone. That's good. I do believe, I think it with around this conversation, one thing I notice is that a lot of women who are feeling lonely are kind of waiting, I guess, for earth to deliver a friend kind of magically and miraculously. I'm not with not really sure how, where it's going to come from when in fact we, we have quite a bit of agency here rather than waiting for connection. We can create it. We can be the impetus. We can be the, the one who goes first. I have to say like publishing my memoir, people found it who I have been long gone from like people I haven't talked to in oh, 20 yeah. years yeah, yeah. Read, right like read this book and then emailed and so I know we haven't talked I'm sorry we lost touch I feel a little sheepish or you know and it's like really no hard feelings like I don't have very many people that I wouldn't be happy to hear from like regardless of circumstances, like water, water under the bridge. I am 46 years old. Like whatever little spat we had at that, you know, picnic in 1993. Yeah, sure. I don't even remember what it was about now. And it doesn't, and it really doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Even if that reach out, even if that connection is new, like, and you mentioned this a minute ago, it was somebody that you maybe admired or liked just liked 
and you're like, I'm just gonna go for it. I'm gonna send a DM or I'm gonna find a way to try to make a connection. And you just never know like what that sort of ROI can be. And so I think there's possible possibility abounds, even if if women find themselves in a position where they're saying, I'm starting a little bit over or I'm wanting to onboard something new. It's so, so, so possible. Okay, last question before I ask you my last question. So this is a pre-last question. Pre, okay. Pre-last. Pre-last. What are you working on? I cannot ever wait for you to continue putting your words into the world. Like what's coming? What do we have to look forward to? That's so kind. Thank you. Oh, it's dead serious. It's oh. it's not kind. It is purely <laughs> selfish. It's it greedy. Is pure selfishness. <laughs> I'm not really working on it anymore, but my next book is a is a children's picture book. Oh yeah. Gosh. And I'm mercifully for you, Jen, I did not illustrate it because no one wants like my Sharpie stick. It's not that. Yeah. You, no. We all have our gifts. We all have it's, our gifts. Not That's that not friends, not uh-huh. that, not that. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, it's it's called My Thoughts Have Wings. And actually the, the seed of it is in Keep Moving. There were these times when during the divorce in particular, and then also during like peak pandemic, any parent who had school age children during early 2020 to mid 2020, and frankly, like into 2021 knows what I'm talking about. Like they're not seeing their friends. They're not going to school. They're afraid to breathe. They're afraid to open the mail. You know, we were all going through it, but at least we had the news and some data and some adult perspective and kids were just so freaked out and lonely and anxious. And so I had a, a a little bedtime routine I would do with my son where I would lay down with him and and he would say, you know, I'm really trying to think good thoughts, but the bad thoughts keep pushing the good thoughts out of the way. And I know what that feels like, both at 10 p.m. and again when I wake up at 3 a.m. So we came up with a routine where we would fill him up with good thoughts right before bed. And so the the picture book is called My Thoughts Have Wings, and it's about the sort of the, the thoughts that flutter and flap around in our heads, you know, even though our bodies might be quiet and still, our minds are very loud <laughs> and still awake. And so how do we kind of like nest in for the night with positive thoughts to kind of lead us into bedtime? So it's it's kind of an anti-anxiety bedtime story beautifully illustrated and it'll be out serendipitously on my birthday next fantastic. year. Fantastic. Fantastic. 13th, 2024. Mm. And then I'm, I'm working on poems sure. and I'm writing, I'm writing essays. I'm working on a, a book about creativity right now. Ooh. Oh, I'll read that. Yeah. I'll read that from you. Yeah. Oh, that ex- that's exciting. So that's the next thing for grownups. Yeah. You have a lot to say in this space. I feel thrilled about that. Good. Keep going, please. Please keep writing it. Fantastic. I'm excited for your kids book. What a, what a lovely project and born out of such a real moment that so many of us shared as parents, you know, I'll be here to bang the drum for it in February when it comes out. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. 
That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, this is last, this question. And you may answer this question however you so desire, be it sincerely and like earnestly or absurdly and outrageously. We like it all. What's saving your life right now? It's funny we're having this conversation about friendship today because I remember what I said last time we talked. Mm, yeah. And it was my people. Ah, yes. And so we've spent this entire time talking about our people. It's so yeah. true. I think that for me is like the evergreen answer. It will always be my people like yes. that. I can just copy paste yes. into infinity. But, you know, thinking about it right now, this is maybe a strange answer. Let's but hear it. Allowing myself rest. Oh, no, that's not strange. Saving my life right now. I think post memoir release, book tour, press. Um, the like level of superhuman extroversion that all of that requires and, and the sort of level of onness and sort of toggling between parts of yourself. And, um, you know, memoirs are, are kind of crash course in courage and vulnerability. So, yeah. So it's like the book process is heavy anyway, but then you sort of add that into the mix. And um, it was, you know, a lot. <laughs> And so giving myself, I wouldn't say it's time off because I'm a self-employed single parent. So there's no time off, but I'm really giving myself this, this time to kind of unspool in a really intentional way, sleep a little later, 
go a little slower, give myself a little bit more of a cushion, you know, like, do I need to get that done today or can it wait till tomorrow or the next day? And, and I know, I mean, I know you get this. I'm, I am such a like, go, go, go list of things to do. Nobody can do, I can't delegate it. Like nobody else can do it. I've got to do it. Hustle, hustle, hustle. And I don't want to burn out. And so I'm giving myself, I'm giving myself a lot of, a lot of slowness. (laughs) I love this answer. I think that is beautiful. I have to work really intentionally to access that. Also single mom, self-employed, also just an achiever by nature. And so slowness is a discipline for me. I'm working on it. I believe, I believe in you. You've got this. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Well, I'm thrilled for you and about you. I'm excited about the kids book. I'm thrilled that you're writing a book on creativity. We need it. The world is so hard right now. It's so mean. It's so dark and ugly and scary. And I mean, even today I was watching the news with all these Supreme Court decisions coming down. And I'm just like, everything feels like not good. Everything just feels like we're regressing. And what we need is a beautiful book on being a creator. What Mm. does it mean to still make beautiful things even now? And so thank you. I feel like we need this. It feels like an antidote to what feels harsh and disconnected in the world. So it's the best we could do is put beautiful things out in the world. It's the best we can do. Best we can do. Okay. Thank you for being here. Ah, thank you. Tacos on me, as mentioned, as previously mentioned, or if I'm in Ohio, whatever you eat in Ohio on you. Okay. Deal. And so, yeah. Okay. Great to see you. Thanks for being here today. See you too. All right, you guys, I I just would be remiss if I did not yet again point you to some of Maggie's incredible work. I want you to read You Can Make This Place Beautiful. I want you to read, just keep going. All of her gorgeous writing is profound. So I really mean that her work has was something of a life raft for me when I needed it. And I love following her on socials. It's just thoughtful and just a beautiful not just writer, but person. And so if you go to jenhatmaker.com under the podcast tab, I'll have this episode. Did you want to share it? Um, the links and then all the links to Maggie's stuff, to her work, to her socials. She's really just a special person in the world. And just like I just told her kind of at the end of the episode with everything just kind of dark and crumbly and hard and harsh, she is a light. She's a light and she just reminds me that there is hope and to keep going. And so Oh, this whole series on friendships and communities is so packed and stacked. And we are digging into various nuances. We really wanted this series to serve you. Knowing that this is a really common conversation we are having at our age and at this stage of life. And so keep, don't miss any episodes. You can just subscribe to the show if you haven't already. And everyone will just show up right there in your little phone and you won't even have to search it up. And if you've missed any in this series, I urge you to go back and listen to them. Everyone is solid gold. All right, you guys, sure love you. See you next week.